This is episode number 13 with former NFL star, business owner, and broadcaster, DeMarco Murray. Welcome back to the Best You Podcast. My name is Nick Carrier, fitness trainer and business owner. We all go through life a little bit differently, but we all have one common journey, and that's the journey to become the best version of ourselves. Each day, we try to upgrade ourselves. We want to be better today than we were yesterday. That's why each week, we bring you the tools and inspiration to help you become the best version of yourself and find your best you. Thanks for spending some time with me and DeMarco today. DeMarco has a work ethic like no other. No matter what he's doing in life, whether it's business, football, being a father, or whatever it is, he will work his tail off to be the best at it that he can. Today, DeMarco and I talked about how important it is to see the hard work in front of you and then just do it anyway. Don't question it. Don't let that self-doubt settle in and stop you from putting in that hard work. He talked about respect and how important that is when you're holding yourself and others to a high standard. If you're watching this on YouTube, give it a like and a comment. Engage with me. Subscribe there. If you're listening on iTunes, make a review. Move this thing up. The more reviews you write, the more people get access to these tools, tips, and inspiration. But for now, it's time. It's time to work on being our best self today with the one, the only, DeMarco Murray. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Best You Podcast. I got the one and only DeMarco Murray with me today. I'm super stoked to have him. And one thing I haven't told you yet, actually, is uh, it's actually funny how all this worked out. I actually have had you on my fantasy team for three straight all years nice, yeah, yeah your, your last three seasons um nice. so i thought that was pretty funny kind of how this yeah, all worked funny. out win any, win any money uh, a little bit a little right. bit let me get a little a little piece of that <laughs> <laughs> there you go yeah definitely trash talk um you gave me some ammo to trash talk my roommates nice, that's nice. for sure that's good that's um awesome. well so now we just you just retired uh, a few months back now um i want to ask you what are you most excited about with your life right now and with your career right now I think for me, the the best thing um, and the most exciting thing that I'm excited to do is kind of just live my life. You know, for I'm 30 years old, just turned 30 this past February. So I've literally been have been working 25 years of my life from, you know, Pop Warner days to camps and having to travel and do all these passing camps, running back camps and going to school and not having that kind of social life, but it was a sacrifice I was willing to make because I wanted to, you know, obviously get to where I am today and, mm-hmm. and, um, live life comfortably and obviously play the game. The game has, has meant a lot to me, but, um, just, just to travel. Um, I was retired, um, for about, um, uh, two weeks and I got another job with Fox Sports. So, <laughs> right. Uh, I'm just addicted to working out. I'm addicted to just kind of, um, just trying to better myself and come out of my comfort zone and doing different things. So it's been great. I get to spend more time with my family. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, I get to travel and just more so relax and enjoy the game from a, a different different side. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So some of the things you're doing right now, you're doing broadcasting. Yeah. You obviously have your foot in tilt, which is I'm working for yeah. you now, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. uh, hand and chopped. Um, so what kind of gave you, what sparked you to want to do these different things? Like, you know, you have your hands, a lot of different things, businesses and broadcasting now. So what sparked you to want to do these things? For me, I've always been a creature of habit as far as working out. I love food. Um, I'm in chop. So, um, healthy eating and things of that nature and working out. That's something that I'll, I'll always do. Uh, I love to work out. I met you at Orange Theory. So I was doing that on the side Mm -hmm. and, um, tilt is something I've always done spin. No matter what city I've been in, tilt or spin has been something that's been viable to my life as far as 
preparing me to get ready for the season. Right. And it's just a great workout. So um, I, I enjoy working out. I enjoy eating healthy food. And and I literally, the, it came across my desk. And I at first I was like, oh, I don't, I don't really yeah. know about it because I've never seen the bites. I've never seen how they lean and tilt. And it was a little... Um, uncomfortable when I first started it, but once I got the rhythm and once I tried it, um, I fell in love with the with the concept, and it's it's been great. So I'm happy mm-hmm. that you know it's up and running now. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Um, one thing that's probably undeniable for from one because your success in um in the, in the NFL is your work ethic, and actually one of the things that I met you through Allison or. You know, not really met you through Allison, but um, I heard from Allison from her being really close to you is yep. that. Um, she thought that she always had a good work ethic and good drive. And then she met you and she was like, well, damn, like I need a self-free check. Like my work ethic isn't there. So I want to ask you where your work ethic came from and why do you think it's unique? I think it's unique because it's it's literally every single day. I'm always trying to better myself no matter what it is. And, and just like we spoke about earlier, it's just me trying to better myself and trying to be the best version of myself every single day, no matter what the circumstances are. Um, and, you know, plan college at Oklahoma playing in the NFL, there was always guys preparing. There's always running backs. There's there's a lot of great talent around you. So what are you doing differently to separate yourself from them in the long run? So mm-hmm. for me, it's all about being mentally tough. And I, I think the definition uh, for me is just being your best regardless of circumstance. No matter if it's cold as shit outside, right. I'm going to continue to work out. No matter if it's hot, I'm going to continue to work out. And if you're sick, if you're not filling up to it, whatever you have to do to get yourself going and, and, and kind of prepare and get your mind right, I think that's something that I've always been fortunate to do. I've always had a willpower to do things that not many other people are willing to do. Yeah. yeah. Where do you think that willpower came from? I think the willpower for me came from I've always had it embedded in my mind, my heart, just to work hard and grind through things. And when I was a freshman in college, I had my first injury ever. And having to having played – Football, always been on the field, always been the start, always been like the kind of the best player. And then going to Oklahoma, first year I get hurt. Now I'm having to sit out a year, basically redshirt. So it was all new to me. And I'm like, what in the hell is going on? How yeah. can I get through this? And um, my faith is something that is extremely strong to me and important to me. And it's kind of uh, sort of my willpower. And, and you know what? It was hard. I won't lie. I started questioning, start questioning, hey, am I meant to be at Oklahoma why did this happen? Am I not living right? Um, should I have had that drink? Should I have, yeah. to, you know, things, little things just start to creep in your mind. But at the end of the day, I've laid such a strong foundation of how I maintain a healthy lifestyle, how I've worked hard, have a strong family, have a strong faith in, in what I believe in. And for me, it was just, boom, let me just rehab. I'm mm-hmm. going to rehab. I'm going to listen to the trainers. I'm going to get up at 4 or 5 a.m. I'm going to get there before everyone. I'm going to do all my rehab before everyone's in the building. I'm going to work out with the players. I'm going to do what I can do. Then I'm going to stay later. So I had to stay late, show up early and stay late. And for me, my foundation has always been just grind. Yeah. That's all I know. I don't know anything else just to get shit done, just to do it, mm-hmm. no matter what it takes, no matter if I have to drive four hours away, no matter if I have to wake up at 2 a.m. Yeah. What can I do, one, to benefit myself individually, get me back on the field? Two, it's all about just getting it done. I, I don't know the true definition behind it as far as just 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 doing it just, yeah uh, just the uh, the nike slogan yeah you know so cliche but just do it just get it done find a way whatever you have to do to trick yourself in order to be the best version of yourself yeah and have the most willpower just do it awesome so you said that um you know a couple of times especially probably with injuries you kind of had that little bit of self-doubt or you know is this what i'm meant to be and i think that 
that's one of the biggest things that separate people who are successful from people who aren't. I think everybody has that self-doubt settle in at one point or another, but I think the people who are successful have that self-doubt, but then go after it anyway. You know, they don't let it stop them from actually attacking what they want to do because everybody has goals, everybody has dreams. So what would you say to somebody who is in that place of self-doubt? They're wondering why, is is this what I'm supposed to do? Is this what I'm supposed to be going after? What would you tell somebody who has that kind of a feeling at the moment? Well, well, that's the biggest question we always always ask ourselves. Is this what I'm supposed to do? Is this what I am meant to do? Well, you don't know unless you try it. And for me, um, it's all about... Just going out on the limb. You know, I have freaking, I have social anxiety. You know, I, there's things that we all tend to do. We don't like to attack our negative traits. If, if we're not doing something good or if we're not good at it, like I'm not a great power cleaner. So sometimes in the weight room, I don't like to do power cleans, mm-hmm. but I won't get better unless I practice it, unless I go out and say, Hey, what am I doing? Do I have to get my hips better? What a flexibility, whatever the case may be. So you have to find it within yourself to really go out on a limb and just say, Hey, I'm going to try it. You know, I can look back 10 years from now, 10 days from now and say, hey, I failed. You know what? At least I know I failed because, you know, this just wasn't my calling. But if you never take your shot, if you never attack it, you'll never know the outcome, the true outcome. There's times where just with me, like I, I mentioned, I'm in broadcasting now. Mm-hmm. Never in a million years would I ever say, hey, I'm going to be in broadcasting. Right. Because like I have social anxiety. I don't like talking to a bunch of people. I kind of keep to myself. But um, there's things that I did. I would go down to Atlanta. I would meet with a coach. uh broadcasting coach one-on-one and just out of my own time out of my own pocket and I would um say hey this is what I want to do this is kind of what I you know I've, I've, I've always been great at, at doing interviews controlling the interviews when you're in my position but mm-hmm. now I'm have to I'm having to interview other people I'm having to get on camera and talk about things that I've, I've been out of college for eight years you know yeah. I'm like now I have to go back to that and, get, and it kind of resonated with me I'm like I don't want to do this. You know, yeah. I just want them to give me the job because of who I am. But right. things don't always work out like that. So mm-hmm. I have to put the extra time in. I have to go in front of people that I didn't want to. Yeah. So it's all about taking your shot and just being proactive. You have to, you know, go out on a limb and just say whatever you have to do. Take yeah. a freaking tequila shot. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Whatever, whatever you have to do to make yourself comfortable and make yourself get out of your own way, just just go do it. And And, and for me, it was... Just doing the extra work, making sure that I was prepared. So when I did go in those meetings, mm-hmm. I was looking back and being like, oh, you know, I wasn't prepared. At least I was prepared enough to say, hey, whatever they throw at me, I'll be able to answer. But it's up to me to answer those questions in the right manner. Yeah. So I want to go at that one thing you just said, um, the tequila shot. Um, <laughs> and like you said, you had had the kind of like social anxiety a little bit. Um, is that something that you used to do, have the te- tequila shot before you went in, in public? You know what? It, it definitely makes conversations flow a little easier yeah. when, when I have a little a tequila shot. But, right. you know, in social settings, you know, when I have to do speeches, you know, there's times where um, I've done a lot of speeches and like dinners and things like that. And right. um, I had to accept awards in front of, you know, millions of people and thousands of people. And I'm like, maybe I need a little liquid courage yeah. just to kind of make just kind of get me through it and just try to make sure everything flows, you know, normally. And and for me, I've had to I've had to do that early on, you know, when I mm-hmm. wasn't as comfortable in front of people and having to deal with anxiety, then there became a point to where, you know, I would say, you know what, I don't need that one because I was prepared. Mm-hmm. You have to mentally and physically prepare yourself going into a situation, you know, no matter what it is, whether it's fitness, whether it's biology, you have to do the work prior to showing up, you can't just fake the funk. You can't yeah. show up there and be like, 
then you're all out of whack. Yeah. But you have to do the work prior to getting on that stage and, and knowing what you're talking about, knowing what you're doing and attack it from there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can only fake it till you make it so exactly. far, right? <laughs> and especially because you can't really have that true 100% confidence if you're if you're faking it right. and be like 100% confident in what exactly. you're saying and what you're doing. So tell me a little bit more about this process of, I'm really fascinated. You said you had the social anxiety. Now you're doing the broadcasting. Tell me a little bit more about the process and kind of what's been the hardest part about kind of attacking this new journey of yours. Well, for me, I, I, like I said, I keep to myself and, um, you know, I've done a lot of interviews in my life. Mm -hmm. I, I've done millions of them, but it's so much different because I've always been able to control it. I've always kind of just sat back and gave easy answers and, yeah. and gave, and in my world, non-bulletin non, yeah, non board material for the other team. I've always, you know, been respectful to the team, the players, whoever I played, and my opponents. Mm -hmm. But now you have to kind of... In, in my world, in the media world, I'm part of the media now. You have to kind of not be controversial, but you have to kind of say the truth. Yeah. And sometimes you have friends. Like I have a lot of buddies, you know, I play with. So if I say, oh, you know, Marcus Mariota, he shouldn't have threw that ball. Yeah. He's not playing. <laughs> you know, I don't want that. Uh, when I was a player, I couldn't say that because he's my friend, right. teammate. But now I have to be truthful. You know, if they're they're hiring me, they're you know, my job is to be truthful and dissect the game in a truthful manner. That's what the audience wants to know. They don't want to see, oh, he's lying. He's just. So for me, I, I honestly, I just, um, like I said, I prepared about it yeah. and I talked about it and I, I'm comfortable with myself and I know what I have to do. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not a guy that's going to stab someone in the back. So, oh, he was horrible. He, you know, you have to put him in words and situations to where if Marcus was here, I can say, hey, Marcus, this is a cover too. He shouldn't have thrown the ball. Yeah. There. I could put it in a way to where it, it's justifiable to where he wouldn't be mad at me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the truth. I'm saying, hey, it was a bad ball. He read the covers wrong, but I'm not. I'm not like one of these other guys, Skip Bayless or Stephen. Oh, yeah. he was horrible. He was, right. you know, things like that. So I think there's a right and wrong way to um, approach a situation. And, and um, for me, it's um, yeah, definitely feel like it's a huge mindset shift because you know you're coming from a place of being highly sought after to interview, and then you kind of have to give the just enough answers to where, like you said, you don't give bulletin board materials for the yeah. other team, and now you're having to you know, not be more honest, but more outgoing and being right. able to like say more and more, I feel like. So that's a d definitely a big mindset shift that you'll yeah. probably, you know, find yourself going, reverting back to your old ways, but then you'll have to keep trying to like certain situations, certain situations when I have to answer questions about certain guys. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about just being honest. Yeah. And if you're, if you're honest with yourself and, and, you know, I, I'm all about respect, you know, mm -hmm. I respect no matter who it is, the freaking CFO to the janitor, you know what I mean? No matter who you are, I think it's all about respecting people and treating people the right way. So I think I've done that enough in my life to know and understand if I did say something that someone may not agree with, but it's truthful, it's not going to hurt their feelings like in a personable way. But, you know, it's all about just, just being honest. And I, yeah. like I said, I've. I've been respectful to people and I think they'll take it the right way. Yeah, I think that's awesome. One of the also things that I've learned from being around you a little bit the last couple months is in kind of through your relationship, I feel like with Allison is that you, I see you really hold her accountable and right. hold her to a high standard. And I think that it's so important for our friends to hold us accountable because I think that our best friends in life are the people that ask us the tough questions, the people that hold us accountable because they know we have places we want to go and they want to see us get there. So they got to hold us accountable and hold us to that high standard. Right. How would you hold people accountable in the NFL locker room? So for me, just like you mentioned, um, I, I've never kind of been involved in this spin class or as far as I was just a consumer. Now I'm actually a part owner. So having 
deal with Paige and Allison. Great, great girls, very smart, intelligent. Um, but it's all about accountability. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter where you are in life, you know, whether it's my wife, whether it's my kids, you know, people look at you in a certain way and, you know, there's questions and, and, there's, and there's answers. You, I want answers. You know, I don't want to, it's an old phrase, um, you know, don't tell me about the pain. Show me the baby. You know, mm. that's for, I just want to know the numbers. I want to know, hey, what are we doing here? What are we doing there? I want to see results and I want to see what the hell we're getting ourselves into. Yep. And you can't, you can't just talk about it. You have to show results and it's just, it's kind of a, I've lived in the, you know, show me, show me world. Like you can't just show up yet. Like football, you gotta, hey, you gotta do your job. You gotta score touchdowns. You gotta score points in order to, you know, get that check, you know, mm-hmm. the big check that you're reaching for. So I think accountability more so, f- Holding it from your friend's standpoint, but you got to hold yourself accountable first before you can hold other people accountable. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm making sure that everything, every box is checked off. Hey, I'm doing this right. I'm doing this right. Yeah, you know, I may not feel comfortable with this, but let me make sure that all my shit is squared before I can try to get on someone else. I think that's the, it's just being a leader. You know, when mm-hmm. you, you can't have any loose ends, you can't have a, a freaking, holding your boat you can't let water sink yeah. through and then try to come at someone else with hey what are you doing over there but hey then they'll look at you like well your shit's not done you mm-hmm. know so you have to always make sure that your accountability you're accountable for yourself yeah and it's just all about just a respectful way just like i mentioned a few minutes ago i'm not coming at them in a harsh way i'm just talking to them there may be times where you have to change your tone a little yeah, bit be a little bit more stern um but at the end of the day it's all about having respect for them and not not embarrassing people, you know. No one wants to be embarrassed. Right. You know, I'm a grown man. You're a grown man. She's a grown woman. So I'm, I would never say, "What the hell are you doing in front of everyone?" You know, right. if there's a conversation that needs to be had, like in a harsh way, you pull each other to the side and say, "Hey, this is kind of, you know, I don't like this. I don't like what you're doing." But um, so in the locker room, you know, I was I was kind of a um, I wouldn't say I was I wasn't a vocal leader. I wasn't a guy that will call the whole team up and I, I led by example, you know, like I, I just mentioned earlier. Um, I would make sure that I'm there early every single day. I'm yeah. the first one there. I'm the last one there. I'm not thumbing the ball. I'm not dropping the ball. I'm, there was never a time in my career where I was singled out for, hey, he was late. Yeah. He's not doing this. It was always, hey, look at him. He's doing that the right way. He's doing this the right way. So you never want yourself, for me in, especially, I never want to be the guy that will let the team down. Yeah. So whether it was dropping a ball, being late, um, you know, because if you're late, if we can't count on you to be on time, how can we count on you in the fourth quarter? Yeah, 100%. You know, when the game's online, two minutes left. So they're, they're, that plays a, a huge role, you know. So yeah. for me, it was I, always, yeah, it, it was always just about making sure my – my box is always yeah. checked and filled before I try to justify another. And if there was a conversation, like I said, need to be had, I would pull a guy to the side. I would never, I would, you don't have to be a vocal yeah. guy. You can lead by example. I think that's, those are the best leaders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it sounds to me, basically you just hold yourself to a super high um, standard and high accountability to where that was going to rub off on other people. Right. And, and people t- you know, when you're successful, no, no matter who you are, people notice whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, people notice that. People notice whether a coach says, hey, good job, or what yeah. the f- are you doing? You know, mm-hmm. So people notice negative energy, positive energy, and when you walk into a room, you can tell you know, who's a pro. Yeah. You know? So I think that was, for me, it was always about, obviously I want to represent myself on the field in a great way, but it was more important for me off the field to have a – have DeMarco Murray, the person, yeah. be way more respected than DeMarco Murray, the football player. Gotcha. Very yeah. good. Also, another thing I want to ask you, you know, you've been around some great people in the NFL. You've had Tony Romo and um, 
and Jason Witten in Dallas and a number of people everywhere. Is there any one person, whether you played with him or not, that you really looked up to in the NFL more than anybody else? Um, I mean, I would, I was, obviously I would have to say probably Jason Witten. You know, he's okay. one of my best friends. Romo is a great friend of mine. Miles Austin is a great <laughs> friend of mine. Anthony Fasano, a lot of, a lot of guys I've, um, I've met throughout my process that has helped me tremendously. Um, I would say Jason Witten only because, um, we all know the numbers and things like that, but he's so much more than number 82, the ball player. And that was always important to me. You know, football is great, but I didn't want to be known as a football player. I, I didn't want to be known as, the running back, the job right. guy. So I always did good at, at college. Now I was academic all American. I got my degree. You know, I wasn't there just to kind of around and kind of say, Hey, I'm here for football. It was always something. It was always much more than that. So I met Witten when I was 20, 21, 21 years old. He was, um, he's like, I don't know how old he was, <laughs> but I was 21 years old and, um, you know, I'm like, holy cow, that's what, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and you know, I've been watching them the whole time, you know, and for me, I'm a very, I'm, I'm an observant person, you know, I'm, like I said, I don't go up and, I would never go up and be like, hey, Witten, how you doing? How do you do? I would yeah. never ask him questions. Right. I just observe and I take notes and I just, you know, I have a, uh, I just stare. I, I mean, I yeah. love people watching, so that's just kind of what I do and I can observe within a second and say, oh, this person's great or this person's full of shit. Yeah. You know, you can, for me, I don't know, I'm, I'm just gifted with yeah. that. You know? Yeah, 100%. So, um, what, are, what were some of those things that you so would take notes on about just him? Him coming in early. Yeah. Him coming in early, staying late, talking to certain guys. And he's the same way. He's a, he's a, he's a more vocal leader than I am, but he, he's the same way. He's not a guy that would rah, rah, rah. He, he pull guys to the side. He does things like that. He's um, off the field. You know, he's a family man. You know, he, he handles, handles himself the right way on and off the field. And for me, he was doing the same thing I was doing. He wanted to be known, not for 82. He wanted to be known as Jason Witten, the man. You know, the man of God, the athlete. I work hard. I do, you know, things for charity. I, you know, I'm, I'm a normal guy, but I still like to have fun. You know, I'm still go, you know, have my fun, yeah. live my life and enjoy. I think that's a big part of it. But I'm um, just showing up early, respecting everyone, no matter who you are. First round pick, seventh round pick, undrafted player. Streets are the same. We're here for the same goal. We're here for the same purpose. Let's all work together, grind together and try to, you know, obviously, you know, we have we, we share a common goal and that's to win a championship. So it's not all about ball. You know, let's get to know each other. Let's hang out. Let's go have a have a beer. Let's go have some dinner. Let's just get to know each other on a deeper level. And and for me, that's that's what it's all about. Yeah. So you mentioned a, a number of people and I'm sure you, you know, respected a lot of people in the or looked up to a lot of people in the NFL. Is there was there one kind of like constant that you saw? among all these different people that you looked up to, or is there one kind of like characteristic that you think you flock to most? I would say work at work ethic. I mean, when you work hard, it's just, it's infectious. You know mm-hmm. I mean? I love to be around people who work hard, no matter if you're a football player, a 7-Eleven worker, yeah. if you're a freaking astronaut, if you have a work ethic, a positive, great work ethic, I'm gonna I'm gonna be attracted to you, and, yeah. and that's just what that's what I, that's what I know. No matter what it is, like mm-hmm. I said, with the tilt, with chop, um, now with Brock, I, I didn't know anything about it, but I worked my ass off to understand the business side of it, and I had never been there. I've been in football, you know, ninety eight percent of my life, and um, it's all about learning and having a work ethic. To hey, I'm not gonna fail. If I do fail, I know with everything I, I I have that I worked my ass off and hey it just didn't happen but mm-hmm. I'm going to give it my all and for me it's all about having a great and positive work ethic I, I don't have anyone and I'm fortunate to say this uh, from my wife to my parents to my siblings to my you know I have a small circle of friends that 
we all have one common goal and we work hard, you know, mm. no matter what. We all have different agendas, but yeah. it's all about working. The platform is to work hard. The foundation is to work hard. And, and I've kind of... Um, surrounded myself with guys who have great work ethics. Yeah, gotcha. That's awesome. Um, you have two kids now, right? You have a four-year-old, two. two-year-old? Yeah, five-year-old daughter. Five-year-old she's, now? She's turned five. Ah, very two. good. Yeah. Yeah, also, yeah. happy oh, birthday. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. <laughs> what have you learned about uh, yourself from being a father? The biggest thing I've learned about being a father, I think, is patience. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not a very patient guy. Right. And um, prior to having kids, you know, it was always about me. Hey, you know, I got this. I got to be at the gym at this time. Go, go, so go. everything kind of revolved around my life because, you know, my, my schedule was so full, it was impactful and having to do marketing and, 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 and things of that nature. So once I had my daughter, Savannah, you know, my golf game was getting freaking <laughs> on point. My golf game was amazing. And then yeah. once I had my daughter, you know, my golf game had to take a back seat, which I was a little upset about because yeah. I was getting so, so good at it. And, um, so now I was like, ah, oh, I can't be out of the house all the, you know, mm-hmm. when you're just, you know, when you just have, when you're a couple and then, you know, your wife isn't really cares. Yeah, you can go golf, you can go do that, you can go work out. So I would, so when I had my daughter, I was like, oh, I can't do that. You know, I got to spend more time with my family now. I got to, I have a daughter and, um, I got to be there for her. I got to make sure that I'm helping my wife. And, you know, I, you learn a lot of crap about women when they, when yeah. they give birth and, and things that I never thought about or knew until I experienced it. So I, I think for me, the biggest thing was having patience. Yeah. And, um, so how do you work on that? I'm still working on yeah, it. Yeah, oh, I know. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's never a daily, it's a daily grind. It's a daily grind. And um, it's not a struggle, but you love them so much. And um, you definitely, um, they definitely push your limits at times. But yeah. at the end of the day, you know, they've only been on this earth. I look at it and I go, you know, my kid, he's two. He's only been on this earth for two years. So how yeah. could he possibly know not to do that or yeah. not to, you know, go in my ties and pull all my ties down? You mm-hmm. know, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to get mad. I just make him pick them up one by one, let him know, hey, you can't do that. Although he still does it every yeah. time. Yeah. But, you know, I think it's just about every day. It's just, just having patience and kind of rewinding the you know restarting the button and just go hey this is a new day you know let me just kind of teach them and just have patience it's hard it's yeah. hard because i'm not i'm not patient i like results and i want them now and i want things to get done now and 100 um, percent. i'm the same yeah, way as you yeah. and i think that what you said was is actually super crucial because i think that expectations have a huge part in in patience and just happiness in general because i think a lot of parents Probably, and I can't really speak from it because I never had don't have a kid or anything like that. Yeah. But I think a lot of parents probably have this expectation that their two year old, in your case, five year old, or seven, eight, nine, ten year old, however old you want yeah. a kid, they have this expectation that they they should be good, right. right? They should not do these bad things, and then because they have that expectation, when they don't live up to it, they get pissed off. Or That's the they biggest yell thing. Their kid. Yeah, it's all about having expectations. And my expectations are very high. And like I said, when I first my first child was a daughter so my expectation was to have a boy yeah he's gonna be playing playing football but i'm like you know what i can't put that pressure on him that's why people ask me how come you never named him like demarco demarco jr because it's, i want him to have his own identity i don't mm. want him to have anything to do with football you yeah know, football's a hard sport and if he plays it great you know but i got the i got the nine iron in his hand and, and yeah. you know, i'm trying to get him a, to be a golfer a baseball player but whatever he wants to do obviously i'll support him but my expectations you know cannot be 
super, super high. Now, obviously, I'm going to push them on, yeah. make them earn and work hard, you know, 1,000% as you should. But you have to somewhat give them not slack, but you have to understand, hey, you know, they're young. You know, they, they don't really know. You got to let them mature and let them grow, you know, and let them be kids. You know, they're their kids, you know, so um, that's, that's the most Yeah, no, I think expectations are tough because I do feel like – you have to have a high expectation for yourself in order to hold yourself to a high right. standard. And you kind of have a, have to have a high expectation of others to be able to hold others to a high standard and keep them accountable. So it's really just kind of finding that good balance, I yeah. feel like, which is which is tough and takes practice for sure. Um, is there anything that you learn in the NFL? You know, it could be from just literally playing the game and from anybody or it could be another player that you were around who was already a father. Or is there anything in the NFL that you learned that you feel like you – what to apply or you are applying to your fatherhood? Um, well, well you, you, you see and meet so many different fathers and, um, you know, whether young, old, you just, for me, I always pick a little bit of whether it's Whitney, yeah. whether it's Roma, whether it's Miles, whether it was DeMarcus Ware, you know, you, some things I agree with, you know, as far as their parenting skills, not that it's wrong, you yeah. know, then there's like, ah, oh, you know what? I don't want that. You know, I don't want, I wouldn't yeah. do that to my kid. I would probably make them do it a, another way. So I think it's all about like finding the happy medium and picking and choosing certain things that, that, that meets that your resonate belief. with you. Yeah, yeah. That meets your beliefs. And, and, and for me, you know, I want my kids to obviously work hard. You know, it's hard to, you know, they have means. So I don't want them to be spoiled. You know, they have toys, but it's hard not to say, hey, here's a toy. Here's a new toy. Yeah, you know, it, sure. it's hard to have those those type of things. And for me, I was like, I, I don't ever want my kids to be spoiled. They're not going to have this. They're not gonna... And then, you know, I get home and there's freaking toy. That we have a room just for toys. Yeah, you know, yeah. The closet <laughs> full of clothes. And I'm like... You know what? But I also have to let them, I take them, you know, like I take my daughter on a little father-son date or father-daughter date. Just, yeah. you know, just her and I, not my son, not my my wife. Awesome. I just take her, boom, we go see movies and I try to teach her, hey, this is kind of how a man is supposed to treat you. At an early age, she has, she has no idea what I'm yeah. doing, but just as far as just being there and because I'm always gone. I do travel a lot. I do work a lot. So just to get spend that quality time with her to let her know, hey, this is kind of how you should be treated. You know, obviously... You know, I'm I'm hard on you, but yeah. also you know I'm just kind of you know taking to see a movie, getting your little nails done, you yeah. know, getting some candy, some ice cream, mm-hmm. and just you and dad. You know, so 100%. I think for me, it's 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 I'm I'm hard on my kids. Uh, he's two, she's five. Yeah. I'm hard. I'm extremely hard. There's times yeah, when I'm like, you're crying, no toy. You know, so yeah. And and those things get ingrained early, no yeah, doubt. Yeah. So I I think they have an understanding of um you know what to do and what not to do when it comes to um, just being being polite. I just want them to be the nicest kids, you know, having manners, having when I'm not when I'm not around, if, if they're with a school teacher, if they're with my mom, if they're with just friends, you know, yes, ma'am, no, sir, just things like that, having etiquette and, and yeah. just being respectful. For sure. So getting near the end here, I always ask the same last two questions. So I'll start with this first one. Um, you said you just turned 30, right? Yeah. And uh, 10 years, you're going to be 40. Um, you got all these things, <laughs> got all these things in the works right now. Um, I'm sure you got kind of goals and dreams and expectations of things you want to do and create or whatever in the future. What does that 40 year old DeMarco Murray look like? What have you done? What have you accomplished? Hopefully I'll be on the damn yacht in the South of France with some wine <laughs> and cigars and some tequilas. No, you know what? Um, I always say that I want to. Uh, I tell myself at some point I just want to go to Italy, move there for a year. No phone, no nothing. Yeah. Just eat a bunch of pasta, drink a bunch of How wine. How do you get there? 
Um, but that's not what I want to do because I'm so addicted to working yeah. out and I love what I got going on with Tilt, with Fox and just, um, for me, it's always, it's just trying to be the, a better version of myself than I was an hour ago or yesterday. Mm-hmm. And, and as hard as it is, I'm constantly thinking of ways to improve myself. Yeah. I'm thinking of ways every day. What are the I, different areas of your life that you try to do that in? Um, like with this Fox, you know, I'm not the greatest, you know, college sports analyst, but there's times where I, I, I sit back and I listen to myself. I'm like, all right, you know, I could have said that better. Let me, let me jot this down. Let me record myself as far as just, you know, explaining the game. And for me, I'm trying to come out of my shell a little bit more. You know, yeah. like I said, I'm not the most personable guy. I'm not a guy that, Let's people in. I'm very, very low key. I'm very, um, I'm kind of like a, a turtle. I, you know, kind of keep yeah. to myself and I only let, uh, you know, besides my family, I have like, you know, five to eight close friends mm-hmm. and, and I keep people at an arm's distance just to kind of, but I'm, I'm trying to kind of come out of my shell and let people in more. It kind of ex- let them experience. Cause like I said, who knows who has social anxiety? You know, maybe yeah. I can help someone who has social anxiety and try to get them over that just to be themselves. And so I think every single day it's all about just, you know, jotting down a few notes, whatever you, for me, I, I have a, I keep a journal, so yeah. I write and journal probably you know three four times a week, and I read it, and no one else reads it. But it's just things that I'm constantly trying to work on and better myself at. That's awesome, very cool. Yeah. Uh, well, before I ask the last question, I want to acknowledge you for a second for being as respectful as you are. I think that there's a lot of people who, and not name obviously not naming anyone in particular, but in the NFL or just anybody of the status that you are that can very easily kind of lose that root part of them that maybe when they were respectful when they were growing up and all the way up to where they got to this point in their life and i think that a lot of people can lose that very easily but i think that you being very mindful of the way that you hold other people accountable and doing it in a respectful manner i think that's something that's very unique um, of anybody and especially someone who has done as much as you have um, and had the success, the success that you had. So I think that's awesome. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's the right mentality. I have no doubt. Um, so t- let's see. You spend you spend a little bit of time on social media or you find, where can people find you? You know, yeah, not you a know whole what? lot, I guess. Yeah, I'm not a big social media. Yeah, I, I just watch it. Fox Sports, yeah, huh? Yeah, that's it. That's it. I do it. You know, I do it nowadays because in my kind of like for marketing, you that's the first thing. Oh, how yeah. engageable is he? Is, is he on social media? And I try to do it, and I'm just not a big. It's not. It's not your cup of tea. It's not my deal, man. Yeah. I just I'm a, I um I'm a Twitter guy. Do I like Twitter because okay. the news is so you know it's yeah. so. No, accurate and so timely, but no, hundred um, no, yeah. percent. The only reason I ask yeah. is because when I when I bring people on, I want to support them as much as you right, can. Right. So Fox people Sports, get some more. You yeah. watch Fox Sports, that's go to Chopped, go to yeah. Tilt, come that's see it. me. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, definitely. No, but uh, that's oh, awesome. Yeah. Well, so the last question I always ask everybody is, you know, talk to me to you before about how my passion is to become the best version of yourself, and I think that. Like a lot of things, it's a constant journey. I don't know if we're ever at that best version of ourselves. You know, hopefully on that last day, we can look at ourselves in the mirror and, you know, feel like we've got to that point or as close to it as we can. Um, and we're always trying to improve every single day, like you've spoken about. Um, so I want to ask you for you personally, if there were three things that you could do or three things that you could work on to get closer to being that best version of yourself, that best DeMarco Murray that you could be. What are those three things that you could do or three things that you could work on? Um, I would say definitely coming out of my shell more, being more personable, like talking, engaging to people that I have no idea. I don't know them, you know, but um, I would say that. Um, 
being more patient. Nah, I, yeah. think, I think that's huge for me because I'm I'm like not patient at all. I like things done. Boom now, and sometimes I like them done as my wife would say the way I want. I'm always people are always on my time, but I think that's tro- totally false. <laughs> um, I would say the third thing would be. Um, it's just uh, sometimes I just need to relax and enjoy life, man. Yeah. I get so I get so caught up in um, emails and calls. I'm always on the phone. I'm always traveling. I travel once a week for three days, and I think sometimes I just need to boom. Go to a yacht in Italy. Yeah, yeah. Go to a yacht in Italy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just relax, man, and you know, have some wine, have some Opus One or some Don Julio yeah. 1942, which yeah. I, I do that anyway. But <laughs> I, need to, I need to do it yeah. more. I need to do it more. Just relax myself, and really, I think you have to. Obviously, we're trying to be the best version of ourselves. We're trying to work hard, but sometimes you have to just relax, you know, go hang out with buddies, take a trip, you know, and just just have fun and enjoy life, man. Life is short. You know, I think that's the biggest thing for me to do those three key things. I think I'll live a a long, better life. Yeah, that's awesome. Definitely. Well, those are three great ones. Well, I appreciate you coming in. That's all we got, man. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. There you have it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Now it's time to act. Leave a like and a comment on YouTube. Subscribe to that page. If you're on iTunes, leave it a five-star review. Help this show move up the ranks so more and more people can get access to it. Feel free to take a screenshot of this episode and let me know you're listening on Instagram. Go support DeMarco by watching him on Fox Sports, by eating at Chopped, and coming to my cycle class at Tilt here in Nashville. Remember, everyone, to get what you want You have to do what others aren't willing to do. You have to put in the hard work to get success, so just do it. Thanks so much for listening. Keep taking consistent action every single day. Now it's time to go out and upgrade yourself today to get closer and closer to your best you.